Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Carry On Cast, the podcast at Easter Lutheran Church, the only one. But it's goodness because we have some friends here today to talk about the upcoming text. Hi, I'm Pastor Megan. And I'm Pastor Kevin. Woohoo! Here we go. Let's do the thing. Well, and the best part is, is that Pastor Eric is not here this week, sadly. Right. As we record this, right. he's likely somewhere intercontinental. He's on a Correct. plane. I don't know. This is basically <laughs> a public service announcement. Be kind to Pastor Eric when you see him. He does not know what time zone he's in, um, <laughs> but we love him and we're so proud of him. Um, but yeah, he'll, he will be the preacher for this week. So as you listen to this, you'll be like, what are they talking about? He's been around for a while. Yeah, well, because we record him in advance. That's exactly right. And the good news is, is that whatever we say on here, he will make better. Oh my gosh, it for sure. Good. Yes, it will be great. <laughs> We are so glad, though, to welcome you into the season of Lent. Uh, and, you know, it's such a gift to be able to walk through this season. Uh, Lent kind of gets a bad rap, I think. Yeah, I think people see it as a time where you're supposed to um, get rid of all the stuff that you enjoy um, and, and force yourself to suffer. Um, right? What an amazing faith we have. Yes. Oh, yes. The way I will follow my God is by taking the little things that give me any semblance of joy in the world right. and I will avoid them. <laughs> I will hide them from myself because I cannot be trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give you permission, friends. Um, the point of Lent, yes, while sacrifice is, is, is often historically part of this Lenten season, the whole point is really sort of this reorientation and reengagement when it comes to your faith, right? What are the practices you can take up? What are the things you need to set aside? What are the ways that you can change your day, your week, your self-awareness, uh, the way you treat others? Like what, what's, a, what's a way you can be intentional about really going deep when it comes to your faith for these weeks of Lent? Maybe that's giving up chocolate. I don't know. Maybe that's taking on really intentional service opportunities here at Easter or with one of our partners. Um, maybe there's a faith practice you need to engage in. Maybe it's centering prayer, something that some of you are are engaging in right now. I don't know what it's going to be for you, but I want you to I want you to do something, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what the opportunity is for this season is is to really get reconnected with your faith, with your relationship with God in such a way that when the goodest of the most good news comes to us <laughs> on Easter Sunday, that you're ready to hear it, that you're yes. that you're fully all the way there for it. Yes, 100%. You know, it's striking because there is there are some strong biblical ties too that come to the season of Lent. Lent is 40 days, and maybe you remember what who else journeyed through wilderness for 40 days? Jesus did. <laughs> That's exactly right. The people of God, no um, no strangers to wilderness. And I just appreciated that um, because I think that there are different seasons of our life that feel like wilderness. And I just want to name one of them specifically as, as I'm always mentored by other folks in our congregation just for their life stories and their life journeys and pieces like that. But um, folks who uh, their kids are now grown up. You know, you spent all of this energy, maybe 18 years or whatever, of them living at your home, right? Trying to develop them and help them succeed and, you know, not stick scissors into a light socket or something like that, right? Is that now they're off on their own and people are trying to find out what that next kind of step is, what the next piece of purpose is. Uh, And it's very easy for, I think, folks who have come to me in that season of life saying, I'm not really sure who I am and what I'm supposed to be about anymore now that my kids are gone. 
And friends, I just want you to remember is that church is a place for you to continue to find that resonance and that sense of purpose. Um, because at the end of the day, our baptism into Christ provides us with enough identity. And then you have these different opportunities that Easter provides you to be able to explore those things. So please, this is a season to re-engage with what's going on here. And all I got to say is that the last couple of weeks, the attendance and just worship people who have been showing up for worship at Easter, it has been through the roof, yeah, which is so exciting, cool. right? And I, I love too that that attendance and that engagement has been happening, you know, in the time of this Capitol Appeal, where in worship, we're hearing Easter people get up in front and share their stories, right? Talking mm-hmm. about why this church is their home, what it is that matters to them, you know, how they see God in their lives, uh, how they've lived out generosity in their day-to-day practice. Like, it's just... It's been really cool. I don't know about you, preacher, but I kind of get to the end of whoever speaks every Sunday, and I'm like, why is there a sermon? Because that was the sermon. <laughs> it was the sermon. Yeah, 100%. yeah. It's, it's been really beautiful. Um, so, so, so thanks, folks, yeah. both those of you who've been telling your stories and those of you who have been turning up to hear them. I think it's just been, it's just such a rich and beautiful time. And it's also Lent. Yes, 100%. A note that you can join us for midweek Lenten services yes. as well, 6.30 on Wednesdays uh, for these next handful of weeks up until we get into Holy Week when the whole schedule changes. Um, so please come join us. Another opportunity to do something a little different, uh, to engage with word and worship in a different way. Yes, absolutely. Come and be a part of that practice. It's a it's a really powerful experience to, be, to, to just worship along and add that kind of piece in there. Uh, just a little story about someone who was kind of in that season I was just reflecting on too was uh, someone who came up to me after worship a couple weeks ago and they just simply said, you know, there's something going on or I just felt nudged to be come and be a part of that. And so when we say that, hey, like there's more people worshiping, what I'm saying is that more people are sensing that God is at work in their life and they want to figure out what God is doing in my life. And so that's when we come to worship and then we hear these amazing stories and then we go out into the world and we're like, Wow, this is an amazing time to be connected here at Easter. Yes, yes. And um, folks, too, if you're hearing that and you're going, oh, that may be true, but like, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I'm feeling a little confused about things. Oh, boy, do I have a story for you? And it's called the text for this Sunday. <laughs> transition. Did you see that transition? That was so good. But it's true. I think it we're, is true. we're so, you know, I'm excited. I know Pastor Kevin feels that excitement. Mm-hmm. I know lots of you have commented on it, that spirit, that energy, that joy that's here. And also that recognition that our faith like brings different things out of us at lots of different times. And sometimes what it comes as is this sense of confusion and and not understanding and getting into scripture and hearing what Jesus says and going, seriously, Jesus, what was, what was that? What are you doing here? Um, and if you are wondering if that's okay, know that those who knew Jesus most intimately, who walked with him, who learned from him, who saw what he was doing, Wow, they asked the same questions <laughs> and they were just as confused as you. So it's o- it's okay. It's right. okay. Exactly. Um should we hear should we hear the story? Do we wanna do we wanna hear this story? Shall I should I read the story for us? Sure. How that'd would be that awesome. feel? Um we are in Mark, as we have been. We are in Mark chapter nine. We're gonna pick up with verse thirty. Uh when it says they went on from there, as the text starts, it's about Jesus and the disciples leaving a, a really in-depth story about an exorcism. So you can go back to it and read it, but that's just know that that's where this whole thing starts. And so the passage begins. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, 
The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him, and three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it in his arms, he said to them, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Verse 32, they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. Wow. That's like a life first for me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a life first. Um, <laughs> you were just I don't saying, understand what you're saying, Jesus, right. and I'm afraid to ask. Right. You were just saying before we hit record where all the best podcast material starts, um, that there is this sense of that we're, you know, it's not just that we don't get it. Mm-hmm. It's that we're afraid to ask for clarification. We're afraid right. to ask. We're afraid to wonder. We're afraid to admit, admit ooh, that didn't make any sense to me. Well, we do know the answer that Pastor Eric is the greatest, so we're just going to leave that there. He gets to answer all your questions. That's You just funnel them all to it's Pastor Eric <laughs> at Easter.org <laughs> with a K, With friends. a K. You can find him. <laughs> it's, but it's, look, look, Jesus is literally, he's giving them the punchline, mm-hmm, right? He's right. telling them how the story ends. He's setting them up so they don't freak out. He's letting them know, pay attention because here's where we're going. And what do they do? They don't understand what he's saying and they're afraid to ask. I mean, he literally tells them, here we are in Lent. He tells them, we are moving towards the cross here, folks. This is going to get way worse before it gets any better. And they go, huh? (laughs) But it's such a downer comment. Yeah. I mean, why does Jesus, why does Jesus have to drop that? Like, no wonder they don't understand it. It's like, uh, this is not what we were talking about there. I mean, Mark is always moving, right? Yes. They went on from there, passed through the Galilee. So you know that this is, there's always moving. There's always action. They're on the North part of the country. They're around the big, beautiful lake. You know, it's a busy fisherman kind of thing. Everything's going, seems like it's going great. Cause that's kind of like their stomping grounds, right. right? Yeah. But then Jesus lets them have it. The son of man is going to be betrayed. No. Yeah. That's silly. Jesus. <laughs> Why, why would you say such things? But that foreshadowing, right? <laughs> yeah. It really kind of invites us to to kind of <laughs> it's kind of that uh being getting a little sober about things yeah. too in the midst of of all of it. It's a reminder that there's a little bit more purpose going on mm. here, right? Well, and to talk about there's more purpose going on here. What does the next scene take us to? But the disciples not having any sense of the more <laughs> purpose. They have so, they have not just missed the forest for the trees, they have missed the whole shebang. It is all gone to them. Um, because the next thing they do is they're walking along. Jesus does the passive aggressive. Oh, what were you arguing about? And they all shut up. Why? Because what they're arguing about is which one of them was best. Who's the coolest and greatest and most awesomest? So not only can they not pick up what Jesus is putting down when it comes to Jesus saying, hold on, things are about to get really challenging. This is what I am here for. I, I need you with me in this, you know, difficult, painful, sobering time. Not only can they not follow that, but the only thing they want to talk about is why why they're better than Peter. <laughs> right. <laughs> what? And I and on one on the one hand, I'm like these absolute morons, right? Mm-hmm. Like how dare you be right. so obtuse? Um 
But on the other hand, like, I can look in the mirror and say that. Like, that's me. Um, I'm, I'm always missing the point. I am, I am so hung up on myself that I cannot hear what it is that Jesus is calling me to. This is, this is the unfortunate truth of the human condition. Yep, exactly. I loved how Luther even described it as being turned in on yourself. Yes, navel gazing. Navel gazing. But it's true because there are so many things that are so easy to miss. It's probably very predictable. But then we always have like one or two friends who seem to be able to see things that we can't to be able to kind of call us out of ourself and say, hey, like, do you realize that this is going on or it's this person's birthday or this kind of a thing to kind of remind us like there's a bigger story going on that we're part of. There's a bigger relationship, you know, that God wants for us. Uh, and to be able to be called in it. So maybe it's okay to be silent every once in a while, you know, because it does recenter us. It pauses us to think, and that's part of Lent's purpose for us too. Yeah, that sense of pause, right? Like that just kind of making some space. Um, So yeah, and in this story in particular, it's great that the disciples shut their mouths Mm -hmm. because it it gave Jesus an opportunity to be like, okay, take a breath. I'm going to give you a little object lesson here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you understand because you didn't get it when I told it to you directly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to give you something to help you remember. Mm-hmm. And Jesus takes um, Jesus takes a child, right? Sits mm-hmm. a child among them. He tells them, you know, if you want to be the best, as you seem to be arguing about, if that's what you want, then what you need to do is, is be the last. You mm-hmm. need to be servant of all. Um, and as his object lesson, he takes a kid. And, um, you know, I th- you, you made the point, Pastor Kevin, that it's not that kids are you know, so perfect and innocent and holy. I mean, let me tell you what, I was a kid once and, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and mm-hmm. my mama could tell you <laughs> not perfect Actually, and innocent. Actually, she's the guest next week hey, on the podcast. Mom, what's up? That's a great idea. Oh, you want to talk about sobering and humbling. I'm going to talk my to, our, mom here. to our producer, Raina, and oh, ask her my to come in. Can you arrange a special <laughs> phone-in guest, please? <laughs> And what she would tell you is yep. that she loves me very much and also <laughs> I could be kind of a jerk. Um, because, again, that's the human condition and kids are not exempt from that. Um, the reason that Jesus is using a kid as an example is that culturally children have, have less than no standing. They are, they are not worth anything. They are, they are barely better than possessions. Um, until they get to have some kind of social standing, can pull their weight, <laughs> they can do something for the household, they're not good for much. Um, plus, child mortality at this point would be so obscenely high that I got to imagine there's some kind of sense of, well, don't get too attached, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. let's see if they make it, um, which is mm-hmm. awful and morbid. But that's why Jesus takes a kid and says, check this out. Like... You want to be the best of all? You're going to welcome a child in my name. When you welcome a child, the person who is, is, is generally worthless as a human, that's when you welcome me. Mm-hmm. That's when you're the best. Isn't Whoa. That, I know. And the thing that strikes me along that too is, is that another way of Jesus saying that was back in 35 where he says, whoever wants to be the first must be last of all and servant of all. Yes. Most of the time, servant isn't, is kind of the clean word of saying slave. Yeah. 
right? And slave really is that worthless person, right? The person who is treated as property. They're not treated as family. Yeah. So Jesus is saying, well, not only are you going to be a slave, which would have been, people would have thought that's abhorrent to even mm. just say that out loud, that I, there's no way. Like, I'd rather be a poor fisherman and free yep. rather than a slave right. where I'm somebody's property. Yep. So he, it's like Jesus is like hitting them with, with image after image. You got slave and then you got little child. But then when you w- welcome this little child who's not really a person, right, it's not only that, but it's also that that word of, of, of welcome or reception also welcomes the one who sent Jesus. Yeah. That's like even more like, whoa, what is that? Yeah, for, right? because we're not we, – we like glory, right? Mm-hmm. We like attention. We like the big and the flashy. I am, I am like a crow. If it flashes, I'm going to try and snag it, right? Like mm-hmm. – but that is not where Jesus is at here. He's saying that it is in that humility, it is in that attention to to the quiet and the small and the forgotten, that's where you find God. And that's that's the invitation here in Lent is to step all the way back and say, what is it that I'm not paying attention to? Who hmm. have I been blowing right past? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's who I'm called to. That's where I will find God at work in the world is in the ones that I'm ignoring. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That is more than a Lenten season. That is more than a 40-day challenge. That is like a <laughs> that is like a lifetime challenge. Exactly. Exactly. And we were talking to you before just about that word welcome. It's not that's not really the right that's sure. one way to get yeah. at it. Right? Welcome's but, a word, yeah. But it's like um, it, it's like receiving, like taking mm-hmm. in, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it's not just like welcome, hey, this passive like I will greet you and then do nothing. Um, <laughs> it is it is an actual. I mean, what are some of the other words that you can use here? You can you know to take, to receive, to accept, to remain. It's like this. It's this this kind of holding image, right? So when you're taking this little one, you're not just saying hey. You're saying, no, 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 I, I, I receive you. Just like Jesus is you know, putting it among them, taking it in his arms. Um, this full inclusion and holding on to, um, that's way more than just saying, hey. Mm-hmm. That's more than just welcome. That is actual engagement and care and, and reception. Um, it's a big ask. I think it's it's powerful with that word to to say receive as opposed to like kind of taking or getting something mm. from Jesus because in our current kind of United States and American and and kind of contemporary theology when we talk about what we do with Jesus or what he gives to us we think that we have to make a, some sort of decision to get something from yeah. him or to say something back but all of this language in the Bible all of this language in this passage is about God already doing something for us and yes. we're simply receiving it. Am yes. I on the right track? No, there? no, I you're you're being super Lutheran right now too. Like it's this, <laughs> this su- like hyper Lutheran. <laughs> yep. Um because it's this it's this wonderful truth that, you know, left to our own devices, we might say we're choosing God. We might like contend that we're choosing God, but like the disciples, we will choose ourselves. We will fight over which one of us is best. Mm-hmm. But in kind of a Lutheran theology, it recognizes that, it names that, it acknowledges it and says the fact that any of us have any capacity for God in our lives, period. It's not because we're so great and awesome that are doing the work. It's it's because God is so great and awesome right. who is doing the work. So yeah, it's this reminder that, um, man, we can barely even receive the gift, right? Like we can only be received. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it sounds passive, like, you know, oh, what am I supposed to do? Well, the, the point, like, of being Lutheran is, like, what do I do now? Mm. Now that I trust, indeed, that I have been fully loved and cared for and received by God, well, what do I do? Well, I go out into the world and remember that whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Mm-hmm. If I trust that I have been claimed and held, that I don't have to do it by myself, then then I don't have to do this because I don't have to earn it. I get to just get out and do it because Jesus tells me that it's right. I get to love because it is good and right and meaningful. And maybe it takes me 40 days of Lent to train for that. <laughs> That's right. But, but I can always return, right? I can always come back to this. I, this I, I was hanging out with the nuns a few weeks ago, you'll remember, and there's this this, t- this kind of phrase about the contemplative life that – you know, when it comes to this life of faith, the spiritual walk that we're all on, very intentionally in Lent, but really in our lives, that the really the rhythm of it is you fall down and you get back up and you fall down and you get back up and you fall down and you get back up. You're not going to get it perfectly and be like, woohoo, I'm so amazing. You're going to recognize that that life is challenging and you need to be reminded of these things and you need to be held sometimes. You will not be able to do it on your own. Um and hopefully we as community can do that for each other, especially especially in this season with everything going on. Absolutely. Well, that's our hope and prayer for you is that you find that rhythm where you get to experience sharing God's love because you know and are confident that Jesus loves you for who you are. And the cross shows us that each and every single day. So Amen. this has been the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where we get to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Take care, everybody. May the road rise up to meet you. Shine more.